This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatour. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making us a part of your morning routine. It's very much appreciated. And if you could drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new, uh, that would also be pretty darn good as well. Uh, good morning to those joining us live in the chat box. Good morning to you, Blackshine, to Jashar, to Rich, to Steve. Good morning to Paul, Martin, uh, Matt G. Happy Wednesday indeed. Stevie, Errol, NSW, Amira. We've got Stephen and Kaiser and Nav. Uh, good morning. Uh, Carl runs with cows. Barry, Marcus, Martin. Plenty of regular and irregulars in the chat as always really really good i hope you've had a really good start to your weeks as well and that you're enjoying yourselves uh those that are now with their their young ones with it being the summer holidays of course as well i hope that you're uh, surviving and if you're one of those young ones tuning in i hope you're enjoying your break as well i'm sure it's very much deserved let's jump into today's stories shall we uh we'll start off with there being no update at the moment, uh, on following Balogun, uh, Mikel Arteta did conduct his press conference yesterday. However, there was no questions, at least not in the published section. I don't know if there was an embargoed section. I'm not privy to that information at the moment um, about the, the press conference. But he was asked about a number of things. Wasn't asked, though, uh, about specifically the, the Balogun situation, which is... Uh, a little bit frustrating, I guess, that, that it wasn't kind of clarified in any way, shape or form. And so uh, I suppose we will have to wait and see uh, whether or not there is any kind of indication tonight. Uh, and I say tonight, it's tomorrow morning UK time, but tonight uh, in terms of the US, Arsenal facing Barcelona at the SoFi Stadium at 3.30am UK time. Um, I'm going to try my best to have an early night, set the alarm, wake up, see what happens. Um, but uh, I can't promise that my body is going to allow me to get up at 3.30 in the morning. It doesn't allow me to get up two and a half or so hours after that. Um, but whether or not it allows me to get up at 3.30 uh, remains to be seen. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But there's been no update so far on the Balogun situation. So we'll have to wait to see whether or not 
he's going to be involved. Arteta, though, did defend Kai Havertz uh, in really an interesting discussion kind of about um, the, the way in which the number of uh, kind of the players have played with one another uh, and how much they've played together. And it was really interesting to hear his words talk about how, like, Odegaard, Havertz um, and Rice have never played with with one another so far. And he said, as GQ says, tranquillo, uh, <laughs> like calm down, basically saying to people, calm down talking about those guys. Um, but when asked about the physical challenge, um, he says it will be quite physical because the type of opposition we're going to be facing in the stadium with so many people, we have to expect it. They are expecting that. And I think it will be a very competitive match uh he was asked i think it was by uh mark Irwin of the sun um about kind of the who he asked actually mark who he thought was more physical granite or kai and mark responded to i believe it was mark saying uh well granite but arteta was kind of like well navertz is 191 and you know a lot taller and yet you look at uh, Xhaka and you perceive him to be more physical and actually maybe this person that's taller and offering more verticality could be considered. And I guess it depends upon people's definitions of the word. So I'm not surprised that Arteta got defensive about Havertz. He's his player. He's invested in him. He wants him to succeed. And I think he did the right thing in defending his player, especially with it being such a short period of time since signing him. There's been far, far too much criticism of Kai Havertz this early on, in my opinion. Some kind of crazy, chaotic views coming through really early on. Uh, and I look forward to seeing his involvement tonight against Barcelona, hoping that it's a good one. Uh, so let's wait and see. Now, a TGT correspondent, who you may or may not recognise, uh, was at an Arsenal event last night and managed to bump into a certain Arsenal sporting director. Uh, our good friend who is going to be at our live podcast, Mike Feinberg, was at the event and spoke with Edu. Now, he tweeted out uh, a supposed quote, which I was going to include for both... Uh, news and comedic purposes he says you have to be extremely careful who you bring in edu said it's not just about talent if you ring in someone with the wrong mentality it destroys everything we are building now mike was having a lovely time last night so i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and fill in the gaps i think he means if you bring in someone with the wrong mentality it destroys everything we are building Mike doing a fantastic job uh, out there in the US and has been working very, very hard uh, putting on events and supporting Gunas versus Cancer. If you've not already done that, please make sure that you do. And if you want to see Mike and see how trim the man is looking now uh, after some brilliant work uh, on himself, uh, you'll be able to see him. Join me, Harry Simu, FK, and of course, Bailey Keogh at the Mild May Club in August, August 13th, uh, tickets to the event are down in today's video description. Um, but yeah, Edu giving uh, the context around transfers and uh, it was a really good event I hear uh, last night. Lots of people having a lot of fun, lots of familiar faces and uh, great to see so many people meeting new fans for the first time. Uh, into transfers and Liverpool have made the first bids, official bid that is, in the race for Romeo Lavia. Arsenal and Chelsea still said to be two sides that have an interest in the player, but their £37 million bid, as according to David Ornstein, was indeed rejected by Southampton, who are looking for something closer to £50 million to part ways with the Belgian international. Arsenal haven't, as far as we're aware, made any kind of official moves. There's only been talks behind the scenes, potentially on a player side of things but between Arsenal and Southampton there's not been any if anything kind of movement officially regarding a bid um Thomas Partey's situation would the look like he is staying I think that that has probably 
curtailed much of the the hope that Arsenal might go in for Lavia, which makes sense um, because Lavia was kind of the target should Partey leave, it seems, and that's not looking like anyway right now that that's going to be the case. And our headline story of the day is that according to Tuto Mercato, Arsenal are reportedly closing in on the signing of Bitello. Uh, of course, the Italian outlet is one of the only outlets really discussing this in Europe now. There was lots of reports coming out last couple of weeks from Brazil suggesting that Arsenal were moving for the 23-year-old Brazilian, but we're still yet to see any kind of corroborating reports from uh, reporters here in England. I certainly haven't been able to dig up on this. Arsenal have been doing this very quietly, it seems, with very few leaks, if it is true, and it is a big if. Um, But Patello, a 23-year-old Brazilian, can play in centre midfield, can play in a wide area, can play attacking midfield. Um, there's been suggestions that there could be issues with a work permit, meaning that he would go back on loan to Gremio uh, or another club until he gets that work permit. Uh, if you think about Andre Santos, the Brazilian that Chelsea signed last summer, he had to return to Brazil before getting a work permit later on. Well, Patello is in a very similar situation. Um, and we'll have to wait and see if Arsenal manage to get this deal done. I don't know how to feel about this one. I don't really know kind of... <laughs> I, I get a lot of Austin Trusty vibes, not in the sense of kind of the um, like the quality of the players. I haven't seen enough to be able to make a judgment, but in the sense of it's a deal that kind of comes in to create a pathway into Europe and then maybe we make a bit of profit in that sense. But I don't know enough about the player to have any real conclusions. Uh, that was my instinct when the deal was kind of looked into. But the figure is said to be around €8 million. Euros, um, so it's not costing Arsenal that much whatsoever to get the player in. Uh, and if Edu, uh, who has, as far as I'm aware, and this is certainly something I am privy to, is that there has been a lot of work in South America in the last couple of years, establishing better links, uh, establishing better scouting networks in South America. And perhaps Patello is a player that's come out of that group that they see as someone who could be one for the future. But at 23, turning 24, not so far in the distance, he's a player that's already approaching his prime. It's not like a you know, teenager or an early 20s player. So uh, if I can get any information, if we can do a tactical breakdown, if it looks like this would happen, if we can get any corroborating reports from here in England, we will try and do that and bring you that as soon as feasibly possible. Right, that is the end of part one, which means we're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. Right then, uh, we'll go to questions, but I always have to give you the information. And if you're not aware already about our live podcast that was going down on the 13th of August, if you've not been able to get tickets yet, today's the day. Make sure you go and do it. Harry Simu, FK, Bailey Keogh, Mike Feinberg will all be there. The man that speaks to Edu like it's a casual conversation will be there uh, with some good friend of ours. Uh, and of course, plenty of the listeners who are looking forward to speaking to, meeting and uh, putting some faces to names from the chat box. It's going to be a great event. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to engage with so many of you and talk about Arsenal. We've got some fun and games planned as well. Um, so make sure you tune in for that and and uh, and come along. Right then, uh, let's jump into the chat, shall we, and get some of your questions. Um, Derek says, today is my two-month anniversary of being a TGT member. One more month and I pass probation. <laughs> 
Uh, Derek, some of the things you put in the chat, I think we're going to have to extend that probation, my friend. I think it's going to have to be extended. So. Uh, K.Way says, uh, how is the fitness plan going so far, Tom? It's going good, actually. I've lost uh, about three kilos. Um, I started on about 101. I'm happy to talk about this. And I'm going to be bringing back the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. I'm hoping to bring in my trainer onto the actual podcast. But you might need a little bit of, of coaxing to, to come on and have a chat when we get the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast back up and running once the season's underway. Um, but yeah, I started on about 101 kilos. And we're now down to 98 after a couple of weeks. So I'm very, very happy indeed uh, with how it's going. I'm hungry a lot of the time. Um, and I'm learning to eat some new things. Um, and protein is a big new thing to me as well. Not in the sense of like eating meat, you get protein for that. But like protein powders, baked oats, creatine, all this sort of thing. It's all very new to me. Um, so I'm very much looking uh, forward to, to engaging with the doc, with Soph and with Owen when we get the Eat Sleep Arsenal repeat show back underway very, very soon indeed. Maybe maybe we do it uh, next week. Maybe I'll see if I can get the guys together if we've got time. Things have been a bit chaotic uh, the last few weeks. I've been on holiday. People have been away. Stuff's been going on, the preseason tour. Uh, so let's wait and see. Of course, next week on Wednesday is, I believe, is it the Emirates Cup? Uh, next Wednesday it is so maybe not next Wednesday but maybe the week after that um, but I did fingers crossed should be going to the community shield I found out which is uh, very very good indeed very excited looking forward to that um, let's go Freddie says I would miss sausage rolls yes cold sausage rolls obviously because who the hell eats hot ones absolutely ridiculous um Holdini says Tom what do you think about the order shot calling Chelsea a mid-table team they are. They finished 12th. <laughs> I think it was a Chelsea 11. I don't think it was like a the full senior side, was it? I don't think it was like Nkunku and Jackson and all of those guys. So I know they lost 3-1. But I did see Man United. Did they play Wrexham? I don't know what Man United's team was for this game. Um, yeah, Man United's team was very much another young side that went up against Wrexham and they lost 3-1. Um, again, it was two young teams, Chelsea United. So don't take it too seriously, those uh, those results. Uh, Jason says, all have been rumoured to leave this transfer window at some point. But if you could keep only one player between Tilly Partey and Balogun, who are you picking? To be honest, I think Partey. The reason why I'm keeping Partey at the moment is because I think that in terms of kind of what we look at in terms of the squad, having two top-class midfielders in Rice and Partey is going to be really good for next season. Balogun, it seems like his mind is is elsewhere. Um, and whilst I would love to see him kept and given the opportunity, I'm just not sure whether his mindset is in the right place. Tierney, I think, is probably the most expendable of the group in regards to you've already got Tommy Asu, you've got Kivior, and you've got, obviously, Zinchenko. You've got Lino Souza coming through as well. So we have lots of left-back options um, so I think Partey is the one that I would see kept out of the three. And I think it's harder to replace Partey out of the three as well, which makes it more, you know, uh, more preferable to, to keep Partey. Uh, Josh says, Tom, do you think that Kai Havertz is under pressure because most fans didn't think he was necessary as a signing? My own thoughts are that I would have preferred Caicedo instead of both Havertz and Timber. 
Um, Timber, I think Jasho is going to prove to be a brilliant, brilliant asset to this club and a really important piece of business. Probably, and I put this down as a signing of the summer, I think it's one of the most important businesses we could have done. Bringing in a player that can play right back, that can play centre back, that can provide that depth in that right defensive area is so important for next season because it was one of the big reasons, if not the biggest reason, why we lost the challenge in the title last year. When Saliba got injured, we didn't have the depth and Timber brings us that depth. So I think that's really important. Um, Havertz and the pressure. I think a lot of fans maybe didn't feel he was necessary. I think they're obviously a replacement for Xhaka and someone that was going to evolve that area of the field was always going to be necessary. But I think a lot of people can't necessarily see um, that he is the 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 kind of the guy to take on the mantle yet is a bit of a a bit of an issue, let's say. Um, but there's pressure, without a doubt. Uh, top of top says share your Strava group again. Yeah, we still do have our Strava group. You can get involved. I've not been actually logging my stuff on Strava recently. I should should be doing that. I've been doing it all on Fitbit, but uh, you can go to our Strava group. Uh, it's www.strava.com dot com forward slash e-s-a-r-p uh i think it's forward slash clubs forward slash e-s-a-r-p if you want to join our strava group um and you can log all of your stuff and show your own progresses as well um any news on Tavares going says masha no sadly not i'm afraid at the moment still nothing uh, at the moment uh cody says how do you think we will go about versing Barcelona tomorrow. I'm very excited for the game and I hope that they play a strong team against us. Me too. I want to see a good test. I'd like to see Rice and Partey start together. I'd like to see Odegaard given a bit of a rest and I'd like to see Havertz play in a number 10 position actually. I'd like to see Havertz given the opportunity to play behind Gabriel Jesus with two uh, kind of more deeper midfielders and I'd just like to see that given a go, you know, given it the opportunity. I'd like to see Smith-Rowe start on the left-hand side and I'd like to see Balogun start. I'd also like to see Timber, Saliba, Kivior and uh, Tierney start as the back four. Uh, and, of course, Aaron Ramsdale playing still very much in goal. That's what I would like to see with Saka on the right again. <laughs> very much so. Um, Rami says, Tom, you should cop the travel T-shirt. Is there a good travel T-shirt? Uh, you know, I do love my Arsenal merchandise. Is there a new travel T-shirt? Let's have a quick look. Arsenal travel, 23-24. Uh, I do like the travel T-shirt. It's obviously in the same style as this training kit um which i i do quite like it's very kind of light it's very good for training um good for golf as well um i do quite like the jumper the sweatshirt and the hoodie maybe the hoodie might be a purchase later on down the line um but uh the missus is like you just swear you buy a new a new bit of arsenal gear every <laughs> every single week and she's not wrong <laughs> she's She's not wrong. I do buy a lot of Arsenal stuff. Uh, you got to help fund those transfers, you know. That's how it works. Uh, Holdini says, did you see Eddie's interview as we Arsenal fans misjudge his mentality as a player compared to Flo? Eddie's mentality has never really been in, in question all that much in the last year. I do think that some of the interviews that he did in the Beautiful Game podcast, you know, we talked about, you know, not being given the opportunity. I think he spoke uh, kind of directly and I think he spoke in a way in which you could tell that he was willing to take the opportunity when they came and then he did that to an extent when he was given those regular minutes as well at the end of the 21-22 season. So I, I think that there is perhaps a slight difference, but I think there's more frustration in Balogun. You know, his third choice, uh, arguably fourth choice behind Trossard, even not being given the chances. So I can understand the frustration that more so comes from Balogun where Eddie doesn't have the same frustrations. I think Eddie has maybe played more minutes than Jesus this preseason, believe it or not. So 
that I think creates an obvious and apparent difference between the two situations that would lead to differences in emotional states, if you like. Uh, Martin says, hey, Tom, read the chat about ineffective midfields of Rice, Havertz, Odegaard. I have put some direct quotes from Harry in the comments section of yesterday's show for your delegation. He's not a fan. Let me have a look, Martin. Let me see if I can find these comments about what Harry's been saying. (laughs) Everyone's keen on getting my thoughts on what Harry's talking about. I mean, that's absolutely fine. Martin says, hi, Tom. After yesterday's chat, read Harry's view on the midfield. I listened back to the podcast. Uh, there were some direct quotes on whether Rice, Havertz, Odegaard midfield would start. Harry says, I bloody hope not. And I don't see how it works. On how Havertz coming in, the Xhaka effect on balance of the team, it says it makes no sense. On Rice, I believe that Rice was brought in to play the role vacated by Xhaka. On why Havertz in that position affects the balance. Uh, what Havertz doesn't have is defensive instinct in his body. And on the midfield makeup, Harry said, it's, star- it's staring us in the face and that Rice and Partey and Odegaard is by far the best midfield at the Arsenal if we keep Partey. That's again, Rice, Partey, Odegaard, the midfield we need to go with. Okay, he didn't directly say likely to fail, but I think he makes it pretty clear that he doesn't think that it works. Fair enough. Um, always appreciate people responding with quotes, direct quotes, always appreciated. I think with... I think personally, if I was to go into the first, if we were playing tomorrow, based upon what I've seen so far, I think that I would probably, and I'm, I, I am changing my view on this a little bit, only because I think Havertz and Odegaard and Ryan. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. ...or parte needs more time. And if you've got the competitive match tomorrow, I'd probably go with Rice, Parte, Odegaard. But... Depending on what happens against Barcelona, depending on what happens against Monaco, depending on what happens against Man City, let's see who starts, who plays. We'll see then who we play. We'll obviously be doing our preview shows. They'll be returning with our members ahead of the game. Probably against Man City, I guess, we'll do our first preview show um, because it's technically the first game of the season, um, if people count the Community Shield as that. So we'll probably be doing our preview show before the Community Shield, which I'm hoping to be at, of course. I, th- I think I absolutely empathise why Harry has that view. And starting Rice, Partey and Odegaard is by far a really strong, stable midfield base that you can build from. I'd like to see the Havertz experiment work. I'd like to see it used. I'd like to see it kind of um, given an opportunity to flourish. And if it does, I think we've got a great chance of creating something really attackingly threatening. Um so let's wait and see. Um, but I think Harry's absolutely within his rights to have those reservations about whether or not it works with Havertz playing in that midfield role. Uh, Marcus says, has Holding or Pepe signed up for the Highbury Way five-a-side team yet? 
Still no info on their outgoings yet, unfortunately. Um, Vaz says, to be honest, Pepe is still there. <laughs> yeah, he is, but he's also injured right now, and I don't think in any kind of plans whatsoever, sadly. Um, Game says, isn't it interesting that there's now our ticket issues because everyone wants to be at the Emirates super work for the club? Uh, the ticket issues... Obviously, I don't think the ticketing system is perfect right now and there needs to be tweaks and refinements to the system. But people do have to accept in some ways that there is huge demand for tickets and not everyone can have one. That is a reality, unfortunately. But there's always sometimes, I think, a feeling of if I don't get a ticket, something must be wrong with the system. But there is also a reality that there is more people that want tickets than there are available tickets. And that is obviously going to create a bit of a problem. I think there are something like the chances of you getting a ticket via red membership are around 2% because that is the number of red memberships that there are active in potentially trying to get tickets for red membership seats this season. So it's like the number of red membership seats isn't in the tens of thousands. The number of red membership seats are like in the single digit thousands. So yeah, I'm not sure. Jim says, Tom, please don't keep saying Ooh, before the next question. Uh, someone mentioned this and now it's getting on my nerves. Well, I can't help my mannerisms, I'm afraid. If it's annoying you that badly, there are plenty of other places uh, to listen to Arsenal talk. I'm not going to change my mannerisms. Um, you know, I used to say the words whatnot and sadly, and sadly, kind of gradually managed to get that out. But me saying, oh, uh, before questions, <laughs> I don't get why that's a problem. Uh, Aditya says, uh, oh, hey, Tom, uh, one player to watch this season and could impact uh, a player for us. Um, I think one player to watch this season is that wasn't maybe in the four. Perhaps Kivior is, is one that you need to keep an eye on. I think Kivior is a really intriguing player um, and one which obviously was a little bit understated if you like um i think that when it comes to the left back role i think you might see a lot of changes in the left defense area and i think give your opportunity may be very interesting indeed i think he's very underrated and i think actually what he might bring to the team is is some versatility is some underrated quality and some technical elegance, actually, that I think he showed really well in the All-Stars game and in the Man United, um, not in the Man United game, specifically the All-Stars game, I think that, and the Nuremberg game, actually, as well. I think that he showed some really good moves, too. So, Kivior is a, yes, I agree, Seb, uh, something of a, a hidden gem. Uh, Yassin says, uh, with uh, the looks of Partey staying, should we offer him a new contract to protect his value? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, I think I think absolutely a new contract is probably the way forward in terms of players over 30. You want to be sensible. So you're looking at one or two year extensions on those contracts. And I think that with someone like Partey now in that early 30 stage, you either sign or then Arsenal have to think about a decision to move him on. So let's let's wait upon the next one. Daniel Roberts says, ooh, <laughs> thoughts on your predictions for the players for the upcoming seasons? Um Thoughts on the predictions for the player? Oh, oh, player of the upcoming, as in who will be the best player of next season? Bukai Saka, without a doubt. I don't think there's too much uh, debate about that one. He's had a great start to pre-season, and I think that uh, that will continue into the season as well. Uh, yeah, please don't spam the chat box. I don't read out your question, and you will be timed out. Uh, Akmal says, ooh, 
<laughs> you see, you shouldn't have asked the question. You knew the chat box was going to respond with this exact thing. You have done. You have done this. This is all on you. I can't even remember the name of the person that it was. Um, uh, Akmal says, "Ooh, <laughs> do you think Timber will play with Zinchenko when he's fit? Sadly, he isn't now, and whatnot. Um, <laughs> he's not fit at the moment. No, I don't know. Is the answer? I think maybe there's an option when you come up against a team that you're expected to dominate more of the ball." Um, so yeah, there's absolutely potential to see uh, Timber and Zinchenko play together, but only against certain oppositions. And I think I'd maybe try it a couple of times, see what the vulnerabilities of that are, and then we'll move from there. Um, Aditya says, Ooh, <laughs> who scores the most goals this season? Um, that's a really good question, actually, because obviously our striker situation, one way you'd think they'd score the most. I'm going to go with Jesus. If Jesus can stay fit throughout the entire campaign, I think that he absolutely can still score the most goals. Um, if he can't, then I think obviously Bukai Saka is the most likely option of the group. Uh, Kevin says, oh, is Aaron Chicago going to have a golden glove season this year? I hope so. I hope our boy Chicago is going to have a great season and, and prove me right in my world-class statements. I really, really hope that it is. Uh, Monkeyberry says, oh, uh, do you agree with Zinchenko playing in the Ukraine charity game when he's injured? If he's injured, no, <laughs> he shouldn't play. Uh, and to be honest, I don't think he should play any minutes at all. Um, I think he can be present. I think he can be there. And if he is going to play, I hope that everyone's been briefed that then just not to touch him. I think the cause is fantastic. I think the charity match is fantastic. I think what they're raising money for is fantastic. You know, to help the people of Ukraine that have been affected by the conflict is a great cause. But I would not be playing him. He's too important of a player. He's had too many injury issues. I wouldn't play him. Um, so no, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't play him. He can be on the. He could be the coach. Let yeah, be the coach of the game. You know, but no, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I wouldn't be playing him uh, if it was up to me. But uh, if he is, I just hope everyone is briefed uh, to not go anywhere near him, basically. Derek says, Tom, did you see the Bernardo Silva link with Ben White in the deal? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I did see that tweet. Um, do you know what? Last year, you probably remember, we did a thing called ITK Rater, uh, which was something that we did as kind of a bit of a com comedy joke uh, about the ITK Twitter accounts that have popped up. And there's a reason why I've not done that this year. The reason why I've not done the ITK Rater this year is because I've actually engaged with a lot of people um, that run some ITK accounts. I've been doing a bit of digging. I've been tempted to do an entire article on ITK accounts if people were, if those people were ever up for discussing kind of those types of things because um, I think it's a really interesting dynamic actually of the Arsenal online fan base. And the reality is, is that some <laughs> ITK accounts do know stuff, do have really good contacts. I'm not going to name names because I think it would be unfair. Um, but there are there are obviously, actually, I will name one, and it's the obvious one, which is Team News and Ticks, because we know that that account is very, very well connected and got some very good sources. Um, but there are others that have genuine sources within the club, within uh, friends of players, friends of other clubs that have worked in the game, and that can sit behind, you know, to an extent, a faceless account. Now, journalists obviously can't do that. Uh, and for that reason, you, you often see kind of 
big story sometimes get leaked by random accounts. I remember the Urian Timber uh, story before David Ornstein had reported that Urian Timber story. There was a faceless Twitter account. I don't want to get the name right. I think it was like someone called Gary. <laughs> Genuine, I think it was someone called Gary, uh, tweeted something out uh, saying that Arsenal bid for Timber before anyone else and got it right. Of course, we know the gerbil has, has had some inside information as well. Sometimes people do genuinely get information. Um, I don't know anything about the account really that was doing the Ben White, Bernardo Silva swap story. But like, I don't use them. Um, I only use specific stories in the news outlets um, and the news section of the show. I wouldn't be using um, and haven't got any reason to use that source at the moment. Look, if Bernardo Silva ends up coming to Arsenal and Ben White moves in the opposite direction in a cash plus money swap deal, happily give that account credit. But if nothing happens, then there's nothing. There's no credit, obviously. Like you know, it's things have to happen. It's you can have a scattergun approach. You can suggest things. You can try and guess things. You can say things that you've heard, but there's no credit unless you know things start to happen, and that's the risk that you take when you put out information. So, what do I think about it? If as a hypothetical scenario, I think it'd be ludicrous. Bernardo Silva is a great player, but you know Ben White and Cash of Bernardo Silva doesn't make any sense. Ben White's one of the most important people in this team, so it doesn't make any sense um, if, to, to move him on for a player that. We don't des I know he's a brilliant, brilliant player, one of the best players in the Premier League, but you're moving on a player that we need for a player that improves upon a group that we have but don't have a massive necessity for. I hope that makes sense. Um Holdini says, Tom, I broke the news of Rob Holding being announced as an Arsenal legend. Does that make me an ITK or a journalist? Both, Holdini. You're both in my book. You're absolutely both. Um <laughs> Uh, let's go to Sir Nicholas says, please don't name my Twitter, Tom. I really wasn't supposed to tweet that thing I did a few weeks back and I got yelled at. <laughs> well, why did you tweet anything like this? You know, it's, people got to take responsibility for what they're tweeting. It's also why you don't really see me putting out loads of, tra of transfer stuff. I've got a few things. I've heard a few things this window. The Jeremy Fringpong thing, for instance, the genuine interest that we have in him. Not to say that, you know, it doesn't mean we're going to move for the player. It's just that the interest we have is real. He's on the player's radar. Uh, it's on the club's radar, sorry. Um, last summer, it was the Yuri Tillemans line that, you know, Edu was very much willing to kind of hold fire on the Yuri Tillemans situation. And we did, um, obviously, and then decided in retrospect that we didn't need to move for Yuri Tillemans because we kind of moved past that. And Declan Rice became a far more of a, a midfield option for us as well. And he ended up moving to Aston Villa, of course. So I think that it's more important to be, it's so important to be right rather than first. Really Really, really important to be right rather than first in these scenarios. That's that is what the most. But being first often brings you the most credibility. Uh, but it can also be the most risky part uh, of of reporting on transfers as well. Uh, Jad says, "Tom, are you going to be going to the Monaco game? Hopefully, I haven't got confirmation on that one yet. Still waiting for confirmation whether or not I'm going to be working the game. But hopefully." Jazz. Hopefully I will be there. Uh, Canal says, hey Tom, any update on Balogun and what do you think about a right-wing signing in the coming days? Right-wing Kudus, you know, is the this name that's being mentioned, talked about the most, but there's been no movement regarding the club. Uh, there might have been discussions behind the scenes player-wise, but Arsenal have not made any moves regarding a, an offer, a talk with Ajax. Chelsea are the ones leading that race right now. Um, 
but I hope that we bring in a right wing before the end of the window. I'd, I'd like to see a right winger brought in. That's the last position that I think that we, and obviously kind of that, a, a versatile forward that can play right, that can play in the middle. No update on Balogun, I'm afraid yet, mate. No update on that side of things at all. Uh, Sam says, can we call it a tweet now or is it an X? So we're all in the... <laughs> So we're all our X. Uh, that works. Yeah. I think they're called Zeets. I think I saw someone saying they're called Zeets. No, I thought that was something that you got when you were a teenager. Um, but apparently they're called Zeets now. Um, so, yeah. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, oh, certain Mike Feinberg's in the chat. And what time is it out there in the States? Now it's just gone past midnight. So I dread to think on the level of coherence uh our good friend mike but good work mike feinberg uh we'll uh we'll see you very soon my friend we'll see you soon and thank you for your contribution to the morning slideshow it was very much appreciated uh spelling mistakes and all uh guna jake says tom alise or kudus uh, kudus personally uh rono says tom do you think uh three two four one with a double pivot and two tens would be more suitable for this team Again, numbers of formations are very much subjective. And I think that the way in which we play so fluidly, it's really, you know, it's it's not it's not rigid. Uh, when we attack, we play with a back three. We're in defence, we can play with a back five. Um, it's very fluid. So I think actually we kind of do play a 3-2-4-1 at times when we go into an attack position. Um, so I don't think we should stick kind of rigidly to these terminologies of using uh formations like this uh dad joke alert do love a dad joke you can't, you can't knock them they are brilliant uh derek says who do you think will score the most screamers ben white ben white will score the most screamers next season that's not any kind of uh inside knowledge or tactical knowledge it's just the truth ben white will score the most screamers next season um <laughs> <laughs> bad news we're not signing Mbappe what what do you mean did Edu not confirm the Mbappe deal ridiculous Dan says why are we so bad at moving players on we need a Saudi club to buy or reject our players um, because the ones we're trying to move on aren't that coveted I think we did really really well to move on Granite Xhaka for 21 million pounds we've obviously moved on Pablo Maria as well and got like 5-6 million quid in for him um, the other players that we're trying to move on they're just not that well sought after you know, other clubs that are moving on players, teams have a reason to buy those players. For us, we don't. Clubs just don't have a reason to really to to go big on holding, or go bid on Lakonga, or go big on Tavares. We just there isn't that much interest in them. So it's you know it's pretty difficult to sell a player that there isn't all that much interest in. But hopefully, we see resolutions to these uh, towards the end. Of the transfer window. Uh, Derek says, Newcastle at home last year. If Havertz gets the ball um, in the position that Granite did, I think that we might win that game. Uh, interesting point. You know, if he's through, he has to get into that position, of course. But I think there's things that Kai will bring to the team that Granite didn't and things that Granite had that, that Kai doesn't. So we'll see the balance and we'll see the input of, of Havertz this season, without a doubt. Uh, Akmal says, looking forward to Ben White continuing to harass goalkeepers during corners. Absolutely. I'm very much looking forward to that. And Russ says, do you see us cancelling Pepe and, and Cedric's deals? Less so Cedric. There's been significant interest in him recently. You know, clubs on the continent, clubs in the Premier League apparently are interested in Cedric. So we might see some movement with him. Pepe, I think, yeah, I think we probably will. 
Uh, Charlie says, did you hear what's happened to Joe Lewis? I have heard whispers. I know it's a big legal matter, so I'm not going to speak speculatively on it. I need to do some digging and research into it first. But uh, yes, I have seen the tweets about it. Uh, Yassine says, does the players actually acknowledge Arteta when he does that screaming sign language on the touchline? I never know what it means. I hope so. Otherwise, why would he be doing it? You know, so I'm hoping that they know exactly what he means when he's doing that thing on the touchline. You'd, you'd think that they would. You'd think that they would pay attention to the manager. Holden, he says, what are, do Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi and a magician all have in common? Um, they all three do hat tricks. <laughs> For goodness sake, that's terrible. That is a terrible, terrible joke. Um, Boss says, Havertz didn't do well at Chelsea and went for 65 million. Pepe didn't do well in the way he's getting terminated. Why? I think because obviously Havertz didn't do well in a very different way to Pepe. Havertz scored a Champions League final winning goal. Pepe didn't. Havertz managed to remain fairly fit across the whole of last season and was the standout player in most Chelsea games. Pepe was not the standout player in most of those Nice games. Havertz, you know, the number of, I think if you look at the scorecard statistics for last season at Chelsea, he stands out as kind of ranking number one in loads of different metrics in that Chelsea team. So that's why. And he's also still young. He's got loads of of, of talent and potential in his game. And he had a, a relatively long-term contract, I think still with the club, two or three years left on his deal. So that's why. Um, Pepe... Just it's just not worked. It's just not worked at all. Anyway, I think we're going to wrap the show up there. Thank you everybody for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Your uh, your uh, generosity of your time is is certainly always very much felt. Uh, thank you to everyone that's tuned in and continues to do so. If you haven't already got your tickets for our live show, please make sure you do. They're down in the description. You can find the link to the tickets there. Uh, you can join myself, Harry Simeo, FK Bailey Keo, and Mike Feinberg at the Mild May Club in Newington Green in London on the 13th of August, day after the game against Nottingham Forest. I look forward to seeing plenty of you there. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning in. It's very much appreciated. Drop a like, subscribe if you're new. And as always... Up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your Mook delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.